0: Hey there, welcome to The tent. I'm your host, Scott Melman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, we've been thinking a lot, or I've been thinking a lot lately, about the long-term maintenance of botanical method aquariums. Uh, it's something that's um, I've been discussing with some friends, and it's kind of interesting because the, the general perception for years about these types of systems or kind of black water systems which they were sort of humped together with was for a very long time that these were just sort of stunts and they had no real long-term outlook they were just you know you're throwing a bunch of stuff in a tank and you know it's a temporary thing to get some photos or whatever and it couldn't be maintained for indefinite periods now in the last decade that we as a community a global community have proved that proven that very very wrong And at first, you know, I did think that that was just the assertions of a few random people online and forums and whatever. But upon further investigation, when I went back in time, in the years before I launched Tenet, it seemed that nearly everywhere I looked, I found a similar pessimism about the long-term viability of these types of aquariums. And it was just bizarre to see that. Now, perhaps it could be explained away by the fact that, you know, blackwater conditions um, for years had been maintained, uh, you know, for the conditioning of fishes or for breeding aquariums for certain types of fishes, not really for the long-term maintenance of fishes. So they might never have been viewed as the types of aquariums that you keep going long-term. I, I guess I get that. And interestingly, one segment of the hobby did embrace use of botanicals for years and years before we came on the scene, and <clears throat> that was shrimp teacher, shrimp keepers. These people had a pretty good body of experience with the long-term maintenance of you know, lower pH, lower alkalinity systems filled with leaves and seed pods and stuff like that because they've enjoyed long-term success by employing some consistent, although perhaps slightly specialized husbandry techniques over the years, stuff we've talked about before. <clears throat> there seemed to be this perception among the mainstream hobby that These were delicate and tricky, fraught with potential disaster, a soft water, perhaps acidic environment, which could slip precipitously into some sort of environmental freefall without warning. And then there was the manner of the uh, the matter of that dark brown water. You know, happily, that perception seems to have eroded over time. Excuse me. And as a new generation of hobbyists. Hey, that's you guys. (laughs) Has taken the torch and ran with it, taking a slightly different approach and a vastly different attitude. And we're perfecting the techniques required to maintain botanical method aquariums for the long term. And the long term is and always has been where my interest lies. Now, the longest I've ever maintained a botanical method aquarium now is going on about five and a half years. And the only reason I broke that tank down was because I had to remodel part of my home and I needed to get into that room and where the aquarium was located and and work on it. And of course, I set it up shortly after the work was completed. But the reality is, though, I could have kept the system going indefinitely. As most of you who work with these aquariums know, the key to long-term successes with them is to go slowly, deploying massive amounts of patience, common sense husbandry, monitoring the environmental parameters as needed, and careful stocking management. Nothing really different than what you do uh, to successfully maintain any type of aquarium for the long term. Since the Botanical Method Aquarium is set up with the initial inventory of leaves and other botanical materials, we're accustomed to gradually building up the amount of this stuff in our systems over a period of time. It's patience. And because of the very nature of botanical materials, you know, they decompose underwater, it's necessary to regularly replace them as much as you would filter pads, activated carbon, or other chemical filtration media in a conventional aquarium. And... The very act of replacing the decomposing leaves in botanicals not only mimics the processes which happen in nature, you know, new new materials being deposited in water, but it serves to continuously refresh or perpetuate the conditions within the aquarium, a sort of mandatory husbandry process that just happens to be the best way to maintain any type of aquarium for the long term, in my opinion. Fortunately, you know, botanical materials are pretty easy to come by these days, aren't they? And interestingly... In nature, many uh, leaf litter bed accumulations have been monitored for long periods of time, and they become regular features of streams in which they reside. In fact, geographical features. Uh, Native fishers navigate these waters based on these big leaf litter beds and so forth, and they influence not only the structure of the rivers and streams they're in, but the flow rates, the dissolved oxygen levels, and other chemical parameters. And of course, the fish population in both composition and numbers. We've talked about that for years. Much like in nature, the way you maintain your botanicals in your system can influence these things as well, which is why I feel that the Botanical Method Aquarium is very similar to a reef aquarium or a heavily planted aquarium. There's a continuous and sort of dynamic evolution that occurs throughout the existence of these aquariums, and the direction it goes is absolutely influenced by the degree which we as hobbyists are involved. And I think that the keys, someone said, what are the keys to a long-term success in one of these aquariums? I broke it down into like, I don't know, like maybe six steps here. I just sort of wrote it down. Um, Let me share them with you. And you're going to laugh because you're going to be like, are these really that different than what we do with anything else? Uh, Number one, start slowly, gradually building up the quantities of botanical materials over a period of weeks or months until you reach a level that you like, both aesthetically and functionally, and, and which provides the type of manageable environmental parameters that you're comfortable with. And number two, I would employ basic common sense husbandry protocols like weekly small water exchanges you know, careful feeding, use or replacement of chemical filtration media as needed, etc. Number three would be stock your aquarium with fishes gradually over a period of months, preferably with smaller fishes that can grow with the aquarium and produce less metabolic waste during the critical first few months as your system establishes itself. Number four would be regularly monitor aquarium parameters over that first few months to sort of establish a baseline of how your aquarium functions and runs You know, chemically or environmentally. You continue this practice throughout the lifetime of the aquarium, but you don't have to do it every single day or whatever. You can do it once a week or once every other week once it's established. And number five would be to regularly replace decomposing botanical materials. I don't, I didn't say remove because I believe in leaving them in there until they completely, you know, decompose. You know, refresh them with new ones to keep that same consistent sort of environmental or ecological um, parameter. And number six, simply notice any trends or deviations from that baseline over time as needed to stay within a fairly tight range. And your aquarium will find its range without you having to do much to it. And if you've noticed, all those suggestions I made are absolutely not different than anything I would tell you to do with any old aquarium that you set up. And of course, observe your aquarium regularly, much as a given. Share any insights, issues, and trends that you've noticed with the community. With so many hobbyists now getting into this segment, we're starting to you know, really collect some useful data on the establishment, the maintenance, and the long-term care of botanical method aquariums. So ask yourself, what trends and behaviors have you noticed in your longer-term established botanical method aquariums? Have you found that these are more challenging than other aquariums you kept, or was it simply a matter of learning how they behaved and maintaining them in such a way as to provide consistent environmental conditions? I'll bet it was the latter. I don't think that we as a community are really that, you know, afraid anymore of what's going on in our tanks. And I think we've kind of figured out how it works. You know, a lot of it starts with the way you begin your aquarium. If you're converting an existing aquarium, just start slowly, gradually building up your quantities of botanical materials over a period of weeks or even months until you reach that level that you like. Uh, or which provides the type of manageable environmental parameters that you and your fishes are comfortable with as i mentioned just before. And of course, you need to understand the progression of things that happen as your tank establishes itself and most important, you'll need to make some mental adjustments to accept and appreciate the different function and aesthetic. And also, you you know, as we've said a billion times here, you're going to have to get used to a certain amount of material breaking down in your tank. It's natural and part of the function, and for that matter, the aesthetic. Accepting the fact that you're going to see biofilms, fungal growth, detritus, and even some algae in your system is something that many aquarists have had a difficult time with over the years. But as we're seeing in this community, it's a great mind shift. It's not so much. It goes against our aesthetic upbringing with regards to what an attractive, healthy-looking tank is. Except with those of us who kind of get this, it's kind of interesting to see. Um. You know, what are we talking about in terms of regular maintenance? I guess I better touch on that. Well, for one thing, it's basically just water exchanges. And because the topic is so well discussed in the aquarium world, I'm going to keep it relatively brief on this topic. So what's a good water exchanging regimen? I mean, personally, I use 10% per week. It's what I've done for decades, and it's served me and my animals very well. Regardless of how frequently you exchange your water or how much of it you take out, just do them consistently. And of course as i've discussed many times don't go crazy siphoning out every bit of detritus during the process in fact i don't do that at all i just take from the water column remember that an aquarium which encourages the growth of bacteria fungi copepods whatever in that type of tank the organic material contained in detritus becomes part of the food web and everybody up the food chain can benefit from this stuff so by going full ham and siphoning out every last speck of detritus in your tank. You're essentially breaking this chain and denying organisms at multiple levels the chance to benefit from it. Yeah, overzealously siphoning this material from your tank effectively destroys an established community of microorganisms which serves to maintain high water quality in the closed environment of a botanical and I cannot stress that enough. It's a super important point to remember. And sort of in an ironic twist, I believe it's far more common for those anomalous ammonia spikes and stuff that aquarists report periodically to have their origin in overzealous cleaning of aquariums and filter media as opposed to the accumulation of stuff like detritus itself. So yeah, taking out all this fish shit is actually removing a complex microbiome that's keeping your tank healthy. Even something as seemingly mundane as the way we maintain our botanical method aquariums requires us to make some mental shifts to appreciate the methodology more thoroughly, doesn't it? Now, again, during water exchanges, it's almost inevitable that some stuff will get shifted around. Leaves and seed pods are pretty lightweight stuff, right? So they'll, you know, move around. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Don't get stressed if you stir some stuff up. Your tank's going to be fine. Trust me. Think about the natural leaf litter beds and the processes which influence their composition, their structure, and for that matter, their environmental or ecological resilience. And many leaf litter beds, as I just mentioned earlier are sort of static long-term features in their habitats almost like reefs in the ocean actually yet there's a fair amount of material being shifted around constantly by current by rain by flooding by even the activity of fishes. stuff does get disturbed and redistributed and the organisms which reside in these systems deal with these dynamics effectively they have for eons The benthic microfauna, which our fishes tend to feed on, are also affected by this phenomenon. And as I just mentioned, the fishes tend to follow the food, making the case of the fishes learning to adapt to a changing environment. And perhaps, maybe, the idea of fishes having to constantly adjust to changing physical, notice I didn't say chemical, to a changing physical environment could be some sort of trigger hidden deep in their genetic code that perhaps stimulates the overall health, immunity, or maybe even spawning. Now, that's just a theory of mine, but... Has to go goes hand in hand with what we talked about over the years about the physiological stimulation of this type of environment. You know, something in their programming that says, "Hey, you're home. The seasons change because there's an influx of new water. Leaves are rolling around. Perhaps not as specific, but something like that, which can trigger specific adaptive behaviors." I, I find that possibility fascinating because. We can learn more about our fish's behaviors and create really interesting habitats for them simply by adding botanicals to our aquarium and allowing them to do their own thing, you know, to break up as they decompose, to move about as we change water, uh, or to be added, you know, fresh from time to time. Well, again, when I mentioned the whole breaking down part about botanicals, I probably need to mention a little bit more about that in the context of long-term maintenance. As we've discussed for years and years here, botanical materials break down and they start composing as soon as they're added to your aquarium. It's normal, it's natural, it's to be expected. Some materials, like the harder seed pods, last indefinitely before they finally are broken down by biological activity. Other stuff, like softer seed pods and leaves, break down much more quickly, as you know. Leaves should be considered the most ephemeral items that we use in our botanical method tanks, requiring replacement regularly. Seed pods and stems tend to last longer, and it's a personal preference to leave them in, remove them, or whatever. I never take stuff out. I leave it in. Um, again, do you remove the botanical materials from your aquarium as you break down? That's a question I get all the time. For reasons I've touched on a million times here, I personally like to leave all of these materials in the aquarium until they completely break down, which I personally believe facilitates the very ecological processes which help the ecosystem of our aquariums run. And leaving the material in situ while it breaks down does not pollute the aquarium. If it's otherwise well managed, you know, if you're conducting water changes, not overfeeding, blah, blah, blah. I think that we need to be be looking beyond the simple aesthetic of leaves and other botanicals in our tanks and consider them more than just hardscape props. Rather, they're functional materials which perform biological, environmental, and physical structural roles in the aquarium just like they do in nature. The same processes and functions which govern what happens to these materials in the wild occur in our aquariums. And if we reject our initial instinct to edit what nature does, the aquarium takes on a look and a vibrancy and a function that only nature can create. So it's that simple. For best results, just don't fuck with it. Seriously, I wouldn't get too carried away with trying to remove any of it, really. Remember, most of this stuff, the broken down botanical material and the resulting detritus and stuff, is utilized by organisms throughout the food chain in your tank. And as such, it's fuel for the biological processes that we're so interested in. So there's no sense at all in disrupting them. You know, what goes down doesn't always have to come up, right? Take care of your tank by taking care of the enormous microcosm which supports it in form and function. And that means not removing all this material that decomposes. I know I've said this several times already in this podcast and a billion times in the tint, but it's so fundamental and such a mental shift that so many of us have to make that I have to keep drilling it in. Now, one physical maintenance task that I have found to be continuous and necessary is the cleaning of the intakes on whatever type of filter system you're using and your water pumps with a consistently or constantly decomposing array of botanical materials streaming into the water column lots of small debris tend to get sucked into filter intakes pumps and of course mechanical filter media these need to be cleaned and or replaced on a regular basis perhaps even more frequently than other maintenance tasks because your pumps slow down things clog that's not good simply part of the game when you're working with a botanical method aquarium You know, there's other tricks to maintaining environmental consistency in botanical method aquariums, which we can revisit maybe in the future. We've talked about these over the years, but nothing here that we're talking about is that unusual. It just requires a basic understanding of ecological and biological processes and how they play out in our tanks. It requires patience, consistency, and execution, attributes which are ideal for any hobbyist with any type of aquarium to, you know, possess, Our idea of what a beautiful, healthy aquarium is may vary substantially from the mainstream aesthetically, but I think we're closing that gap. But you won't be able to make that argument from a functional perspective when you employ common, well-known aquarium maintenance practices. Just remember that the long-term success of botanical method aquariums requires a mix of knowledge and action, nothing at all different from what you've already come to understand in the aquarium hobby. So if you're thinking in the long term, just maintain, literally, just maintain a sort of equilibrium here. Don't go crazy. Stay persistent. Stay observant. Stay curious. Stay thoughtful. Stay patient and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the TIN.